Welcome to As Told Here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As Told Here brings community media to where you are. Welcome to the Central Connecticut Intergroup Speaker Meeting. My name is Melody. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Melody. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of people who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other. They may solve their current problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy. Neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. I have asked Rosemary to read her work. I am Rosemary, alcoholic addict, and this is how it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Many of us exclaimed, what in order? I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, please help me welcome our speaker, Glenn, from the Thursday night, you're not alone group. Welcome. Hi, I'm Glenn, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Glenn. Glenn. And um, it, it's an honor to be here this evening. Whenever, whenever I'm asked to be of service, I, I try to make myself available, because um, service is what's kept me sober. Um, and in order to get the service, you know, I, I, I had to, you know, um, make some changes in my life, and. And, and that took a while, that took the 12 steps. But let me, um, my sobriety date is February 2nd of 1997. Um, through the grace of God, the fellowship and the program of Elcox Anonymous. Mm -hmm. I haven't had to pick up a drink or a drug ever since. <clears throat> and for that I am eternally grateful. A um, little bit about my history, I started drinking young, um, between the ages of nine and 13. I was involved with the police between 9 and 13. Um, I started stealing alcohol from my father at 14. Um, I started experiment, experimenting with other substances around 14, 15. Um, and my alcoholism started taking off around 16. Um, my first keg party set it all off at 16. I paid $5 to get in the door. I started my relationship with that red solo cup. Um, and I don't remember anything after the first beer. I came to at the base of a tree hours later and mm -hmm. I come to learn that that was called a blackout and that's how my drinking career went. I was a blackout drinker from the start. Um, when I turned 21, it was like somebody hit a switch. I didn't have to worry about getting carded. I didn't have to worry about getting kicked out for being underage. And I just, I was a full-blown alcoholic by 21. Um, and it was that light switch and I just drank. That was my life. Um, <clears throat> 24, 25, and 26. Now this, is, this isn't my bottom, but this is what I went through at the ages of 24, 25, and 26. I had a reckless drive in, two total cars, two DWIs. I put a 72-year-old lady in a hospital. I lost my license for a year. I spent a weekend at Brooklyn Correctional Center Spent a couple nights at uh, Colchester State Police Barracks, um, did a 10-week AEP program. And that didn't stop me, all it did was just slow me down. My alcoholism and my mentality was just bad luck, it's okay, take a break, take a breather, let the body recoup, build up the bank account again, and start all over. <clears throat> and I drank for another six years after that. Um, and I was a blackout drunk. I drove all the time um, and, and sat, luckily I never killed anybody or myself um, in those extra six years that I drank and drove. 
Um, alcohol was more important than any relationship I had. It was more important than any job I had. I cashed my paychecks at the bar or, well, it's an AA meeting, so I'll keep it at that. I cashed my paychecks at the bar. Um, and I was usually broke by Sunday, borrowing money to get me through starting my tab all over again. <clears throat> and I was okay with that lifestyle. Go to work, some days on time, some days not on time, you know how that goes. Um, and I couldn't wait to get out of work to start drinking all over again. Um, I found a hostage in 94, she said yes, got married, and I put her and her eight-year-old daughter through two and a half years of hell. Um, through my drinking and I'm not too proud of it. I, I did things that I'm not proud of and I'm definitely ashamed of and um, That's where alcoholism took me. That's where my alcoholism took me um, and I remember coming home and My wife was saying that I can't do this anymore. I'm taking my daughter and I'm leaving um and I, I got to admit, that, that Saturday, that February 1st, I had three blackouts that day. I started drinking at 6 o'clock in the morning. I went out ice fishing. I had a box of wine. And I started drinking at well, 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't remember anything after 10 o'clock. I remember my buddy dropping me off. <coughs> I remember having an argument with a nephew. And then I remember my wife telling me she's had enough and she was leaving. And then I came to at my kitchen table talking to my best friend. And he was like, so what do you want? <laughs> you want a meeting? You want help? What do you want? And I, typical alcoholic, I hemmed and hawed. And um, he said, I ain't got time for this crap. He got up and walked out the door. And I went running after him and said, I'll take treatment. Next thing I know, he had my insurance card. He was on my phone. He had me a room at Blue Ridge Treatment Center out in Bloomfield. Um, and I spent eight days in there. And he, he drove me there, his sponsor met us. He opened up the door, gave me a shove and said, I'll see you in 10 days. <laughs> and he picked me up and his words of advice was, because he knew me before I knew myself. Because my MO was every time my wife was pissed, I would stop and let the fire come down to a little ash and then I would start up again and build that fire up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so this was just another one of my my steps to cool her off and he's like relapse is not a prerequisite for Alcoholics Anonymous and this is not a college course because he knew I was just going to play the game for a while and then I was going back to drinking um, and I wish everybody had a best friend like me mm. he called me up every day the phone would ring I'll be there in 10 minutes and then I got a click and 10 minutes later, he's pulling up in front of the door. He's got two copies. Get your butt in the car. Let's go. And he did this every day for about a year. He brought me to different meetings. He brought me, introduced me to a ton of different people. He taught me about service work. He got me my first coffee commitment, which I failed miserably at because you have to show up to make coffee. Um, but I learned how to be responsible. I started to learn how to be responsible, how to take ownership how to be present because um, I didn't know how to do anything except for drink. Um, I had a lot of struggles. I didn't change people, places and things like they talk about. I still went to the bar every day after work to see my friends 
and I would go up and I'd have a club soda and I would sit there and I'd talk to my father and I'd talk to the guys and like, like now my palms would start getting sweaty. I'd start getting antsy and fidgety and I didn't know what that was. I had no clue what that was and I was at one of my aftercare treatments and I had mentioned it and somebody's like, oh, those are your red flags. And I'm like, red flags, what are those? He goes, that's your body telling you that you don't belong there. <laughs> your body's telling you that this isn't a good place to be. And I was like, oh, my, you know, I'm one of these guys where, and like in the promises, sometimes slowly, that's mm. me. <clears throat> I learned very slowly. Um, and so I, I slowly started to not go to the bar to see my father. Um, because that's the only reason why. When I went to go see my father to sit and talk and have a chat, he'd have a, I'd buy him a drink, I'd have a club soda. Um, try to build that relationship. Um, so, um, so I started going to meetings and I started meeting people and I, the cobwebs were still there. I was still miffed. I was still no idea what I was getting involved in. Um, and next thing you know, I, I, I put 30 days together and then it was 60 days together, and then it was 90 days, and going up and getting that little medallion chip, and oh my God, you know, um, was amazing. Um, so, and I started to learn about myself. Um, I started doing the step work. Um, slowly, I did step one, slowly. Um, and I realized that my drinking, once I started drinking, I was done. There was no, let's just go out for one. My, my MO was always, I'd go out for one or two, and one or two meant one, two in the morning, mm -hmm. not one or two drinks. Um, and my life was unmanageable, and my life is still unmanageable to this day. And that's only because I allow it to be unmanageable. Um, because I'm an all-or-nothing guy, and if I'm not running 100 miles an hour, I'm not doing anything because I spent too many years sitting in a dark bar on a stool being so idle, not doing anything. Now that I'm sober, I'm trying to make up for lost time. And I'm doing 110 miles an hour, trying to live life, trying to fit everything in, and that's exactly what I'm doing is I'm trying to fit everything in in a 24-hour day. Um, and, and that's that's where my unmanageability comes in, you know. Family functions, yeah, I can make that. Oh, you want to go do something? Well, you know, I can do it from four to five, four to five thirty. Uh, yeah, I can give you that one. You know, I'm squeezing people into my life because I'm just I'm doing too much. Mm -hmm. um, but that's me. Um, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. Um, I do have a power greater than myself. Um, it. For the longest time, it was a clock on the wall. It was about three months sober. I was playing golf, and, and, and I share this story all the time because it's so instrumental in my recovery, is that I love the game of golf. i just not good at it. And I was having a very bad day, and I was beating myself up. You're useless. You're no good. You're a piece of junk. And I learned that anger and self-negativity is not healthy for me. Um, because I drove myself into a frenzy where I wanted to drink. 
and I wanted to drink so badly that I was just foaming at the mouth. I know the beer cart's going to be coming around because I haven't seen her in a while. And <clears throat> unfortunately, a, a dear friend of mine just passed away last week. And I remember him saying one day at a meeting, is, all you got to do is just keep it simple and just ask for help. That's it. Just ask for help. You don't have to complicate it. Just ask for help. And I remember being out there and I just said, God help me. I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I just can't do this. Um, there was no flash of light. There was no instant removal of my compulsion to drink. And but 45 minutes later, I'm sitting at the bar with my brother, my father, and another gentleman with a pitcher of beer, and I'm sitting here with a club soda acting like nothing ever happened. And that's definitely not me. Um, and, I, and I choose to call my higher power today God. That's who I choose to call him. Um, and that one day I, I came to believe in a power greater than myself. I surrendered to the disease of alcoholism. And I said my first honest and sincere prayer that one day. And that was the turning point in my sobriety and in my recovery. Um, I, I, I've done a four-step, and I like to sum it up this way. And we've all done things that we're not proud of and that we're ashamed of. The only difference between me and anybody else is our level of pain. It's like when you go to a doctor. On a scale of 1 to 10, what's your pain level? Well, you know, and, and it's, I use that analogy for the fourth step. We've all done things we're not proud of and that we're ashamed of. And it's all on our, our, our level of 1 to 10. You know, I learned that if there's a name for it, it's already been done, so I'm not unique. My sponsor made very clear on that one for me. Um, Glenn, you're not unique. There's a name for it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and, and step five, I had to find somebody that I could trust. When I came in here, I had trust issues. I've had things be known and I've had things be broadcasted. I've had things hang over my head as, as you know, extortion type deal. And so when I came in to find one person to share my dark secrets with was rough. Um, but I found a gentleman who, when he spoke, I understood him. And I always make this analogy and I laugh and so does everybody else. Talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. I can comprehend it. The big words, I'm lost. Talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. I don't mind that. I can comprehend and understand what you're saying. When he spoke at a meeting, I understood what he said. And I hemmed and hawed and, and, and I go to a lot of 12-step retreats. Um, I go to about three, four a year. And I've been doing that for, well, since 1998. Um, and I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about honesty, brutal honesty. Um, I share, we share things there that I would not share at a regular meeting. Um, and it's a good way to just share and get to know people and build that trust in people again. Um, and I asked this gentleman to be my, my sponsor and he, he said yes, and he probably regrets that to this day. Um, he's got a, got a lot, of more, lot more gray hair now than he had before. Um, and he taught me how to 
I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be a father. I didn't know how to be a son or a sibling. I sure as heck didn't know how to be an employee. Because, you know, I'd go to work still drunk and you'd find me sleeping in a corner somewhere, out of sight, out of mind. Um, he taught me how to be the man I am today. The program of Alcoholics Anonymous taught me how to be the man that I am today. Um, I'm invited to family functions today because of who I am today, not because I'm the baby brother and I have to be invited. I'm invited today because they want me there. And, and that's a gift, that's a blessing. Um, I, I've done, you know, my, my nine step, I've made my amends to my family, a lot of close friends. There's a lot of people that I, I, I can't make amends to because of the harms toward others, obviously. So what I do today is I make a living amends. I just don't do those behaviors anymore. I treat women with respect and with dignity. I treat people with respect. Um, and I, I try to be a gentleman today, which is something that I wasn't back then. Um, and, I, and I'll share an amends with you only because of the gratitude that I have for this program. Um, I had an argument with my nephew one day and um, obviously we were drinking. He had my car keys, I wanted them. I'm that drunk where I want what I want when I want it and I want it now. He had my car keys, he wouldn't give them up. He said over my dead body, I looked him square in the eyes and I said that can be arranged. And the people around us who know me intervened, separated us. And years went by and I was at a speaker meeting and I, I talk on the steps because I feel that's important. And when I was making, talking about my amends, I looked over and I saw him and I was like, wow, I never made my amends to him. So I made my amends to him right then and there. The following year he was getting married he invited me down to his house a week before the wedding so I could have some quality time with him and his soon-to-be bride before the family got there. Mm -hmm. And that is the gift of the program. And I've had numerous gifts like that throughout my sobriety. Now, I'm not perfect at this program. I'm not perfect at all with this program. I still have character defects. My ego and pride almost got me in jail. Um, I had um, a, an issue with a family member who got in some trouble and I was, my character defects. I fight everybody else's battles. I didn't know that at the time, but my ego and pride stepped in and I'll take care of this. And I was gonna go head hunting and, and I remember talking to my sponsor and saying, I'm okay with going to jail. I appreciate everything AA has done for me. I appreciate everything you have done for me. But I'm okay with going to jail. And when I find this individual, it, end game. And, um, you know, and he's like, sit on it for 24 hours. We talked, found out it was my ego and pride. And I found out that I was fighting other people's battles from as far back as I can remember. And um, even to this day, um, the individual will not tell me the individual's last name that caused the damage because they 
still don't trust me 100%. And I had to give up that baseball bat. You know, I had to give up that swing first, ask questions later. I still have that defect. And they still pop up at times, and I have to work on them. And, but the gift is I get to see that today. Um, and, you know, I'm just so grateful for this program because the man, I love the man that I am today that I see in a mirror today. I didn't like that guy 25 years ago. I didn't care for him. I couldn't look him in the eye. Today I can look people in the eye and say, hi, how you doing? The amends that I made is I can bump into you at a supermarket or grocery store or wherever, and I don't have to go run and hide from you. Nor do you have to go run and hide from me. Because I made my amends, I can walk up to you and say, hey, how you doing? It's great to see you. I hope the family's well. Have a great day. And go my separate way. I can look people in the eye and talk to them today because of the program. And um, again, and it's, it's an honor to be asked to come speak, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to ramble. And uh, Buddy said, once you start to think about things to say, it's usually BS. <laughs> so, and for somebody who can speak all night long about myself, because that's my favorite topic, <laughs> you, you know, um, I, I think I'm just going to say, that, you know, really have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And um, I believe that I have followed this path, not perfectly, but I've followed the path. <coughs> I've wavered from it, but I've always gotten back onto it. And, um, you know, that, that comes from my higher power, comes from the fellowship, it comes from good, dear friends in, in my life that I have to, because most of my friends are recovering alcoholics and they always keep an eye on me. And um, if nobody told you today that they love you, please allow me. I love you very much, and thank you. Thank nice. you. Nice job. Thank you so much, Glenn. Um, I identified with a lot of it. Of course, I identified with the drinking, but um, <laughs> I also identified with the, um, you know, just asking something for help. You know, and I can remember um, when I got sober this time, I, I didn't know how to do it because I was in a place where I had the substance in my body 24-7 for years and years and years and uh, I just didn't know how I was going to get sober and everyone said you have to pray and ask for help and so I didn't know what or who I was praying and asking for help. I just said please keep me away from a drink or a drug. You know as I as I stayed sober longer I needed help with other things like please help me with my character defects, help me not you know be uh, you know an idiot with all those things and, and uh, my belief came to, I came to kind of know what I was praying to or praying to something, but it all started with just praying to I had no idea what, and, and, it, and it works. And today, you know, 10 plus years later, I still ask every day to, for my higher power to help me to stay away from a drink or a drug. Um, so I identified with that, and uh, yes, you have done a lot of service work for this program, and, and it shows on you. You're a happy, you know, happy, uh, healthy for today individual, and um, and, uh, you know, this program really works, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Hands? Go ahead. Christina, Christina alcoholic. Hey, Thank Christina. You. Thank you so much for your story. I was just sitting here, like, I could relate so much. It's so funny, like, how you can, you know, be seemingly different people from the outside, but I related mm -hmm. so much to the inside. Like, when I drank from the first, from the beginning, I always, every time I drank, I got drunk. And every time I drank, I blacked out. And I was like, how do I just not black out? How do I not get to that point? You know, I could never not get to that point. And then getting to that point of being sick and tired, being sick and tired, and 
you know, like I had to be sick and tired to really be like, okay, I'll do this program and having to turn that over to God because I was like, God, you know, like he, what is that? Like I was an atheist, we used to joke about being atheists and and then having to just be like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working and, and trying to turn that over it was just really, really difficult. Um, but eventually we got there. And I also really relate to what you said about being around family, because it's so funny, because I never wanted to be around my family. They always wanted me around, and I hated being around them. And, uh, you know, today, like, my sister's having a baby in a couple months, and I'm so excited to, like, be an aunt, and they want me there. I'm going to stay with her for a week, and she wants me to be around the baby. And, like, it's just so crazy that I want to be a part of this now. And I'm so excited my parents are starting to move out this way, too. But, yeah, I'm so grateful. Thank you for sharing. I'll keep coming. Thanks, Thanks, Christina. 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 Thought a minute for share for a minute. Anyone else wants to share? Hi, I'm Rosemary, alcoholic addict. Hi, Rosemary. Uh, uh, thank you so much. I can relate. To, I can identify with so so much of what you said. Um, you know, something that you you brought to mind for me, and something I need to be reminded of, is in this program the childlike innocence that we need to have. Um, we need to believe. We need to believe that there is going to be a, a, a positive outcome. We need to believe, and I heard that from you uh, this evening. So thank you, because uh, you know I need these reminders. I definitely need to be reminded that um, it's one day at a time, and it's not always easy, but it's much better than the drunk side. So thank you. Absolutely, thanks. And end with the responsibility statement. I am responsible when anywhere reaches out for help. I want the hand of AA always to be there, and for that, I am responsible. Thank you again, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Thank you, Glenn. Good job. <laughs> Thanks to our local producers and Team Hercules for production support. As told here, conversations and stories shared in the public interest in Studio W at WPAA-TV and Community Media Center. As told here brings community media to where you are.